Hola, hola, chulas. Hi there. We are experts in intuitive eating for on-again, off-again chronic dieters, and we are here to help you take the guilt and stress out of eating so you can become the first in your family to break the diet cycle, just like we are in our families. We want you to be who you are without food guilt. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, No More Guilt for Melissa and Your Latina Nutritionist for Delina. Are you ready? Let's break the diet cycle. Hey, it's me, Melissa. Before we start, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by No More Guilt with Melissa Landry. What you are about to listen to is not a professional coaching or counseling session. Each episode is a one-time conversation meant for educational purposes. Look, we're dietitians, but we're not your dietitian. Remember that podcasts don't constitute treatment. If you have concerns about your dieting behaviors, seek out guidance from a medical or mental health professional. And if you're looking for the process, support, and focus you need to live life without food guilt, apply for a coaching program from today's sponsor, me. I'm currently enrolling clients into one-to-one programs, group programs, and I recently added a do-it-yourself format, the Ex-Dieter's Guide to No More Guilt. Apply for a program at melissalandrynutrition.com. I hope to meet you soon. Hey everyone, we are back to continue the intuitive eating series. We're talking body respect today, Delina. This is a good one. One everyone maybe shies away from in the beginning. This this body image work can feel a little scary sometimes. I mean, yeah. I mean, who wants to kind of like dig in and and figure this all out? We just want to be like perfect airbrush people. And we like to feel comfortable and this can make us feel uncomfortable. So Mm -hmm. we're hoping our special guest today can help us to kind of unpack some of the nuances of the body respect principle so that you're leaving feeling really confident that there's something in this for you that you can take a tiny start. And I will say, whenever I talk about body image with clients, I like to remind us some of this stuff can be a little touchy and triggering to our pasts. And so if you know, you're having kind of a rough day. This isn't the one for you. That's all right. Maybe come back to it. Maybe get yourself someplace comfy or cozy. It's okay if this stirs up something in you to feel a little bit uncomfortable, but we'll do our best to kind of tread lightly and give you some skills that make this feel approachable. So I'm very excited to introduce our special guest today, Allison Latham Jones, who is here from At Best Dress Styling. Allison and I became internet Instagram friends, and I invited her on here because I thought you have such a unique perspective. So I'm excited to dive in on body respect. Before we do, Allison, tell us about you and your work. Introduce yourselves to our listeners. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, My name is Allison Latham Jones. I am a queer body respect oriented personal stylist, and I also do commercial work. So what that means is that I work with clients to help them figure out how they can align the clothing that currently exists in their closet with their vision of who they want to be. And so sometimes that's shopping with clients. Sometimes it's doing a closet cleanse. Sometimes it's shopping for the client. And I really take an approach where I care deeply about my clients having a good experience and having a positive experience. So I really put a lot of intention and thought into the language that I use with clients into the time that I spend with clients so that um, like everybody feels comfortable. And I work with women and men and people of all genders of a really wide variety of sizes. I love that. And so it seems that inclusivity is really important in your work. It sounds like you really like to get to know people before diving in at all of this styling. Yeah, absolutely. So all of my sessions, before my sessions, I do a free 30 minute intake where we get to know each other just to make sure that I can help the person with their style problems. 
And we do like a little get to know you um, so that the person can get to know me and my background a little bit more. And I can make sure that, that they're comfortable with engaging in the styling process because consent is really important in all parts of my work. I love it. And this is why I thought you'd be so great to talk about with this, this particular subject, because I think on a very like, I don't want to use the word superficial in, in the way of saying it's like not important, but on the base level or the exterior level, clothing is often one of the most triggering and difficult things that people experience when their bodies change. And so I want to talk a little bit about like a relationship with clothing, but I want to pin down deeper to what it means to the body respect overall. So I think you're such a great person to talk about that with. And I thank you for being here. We're going to kick this off, which talk, talking about what body respect means. I do think this is something one has to personally define. Delita, body respect. What does that mean to you? So I feel like for me, it's just like really learning to like listen to it and really actually taking care of it, like mentally, physically, spiritually, like it's more than just about our looks when it comes to our body, yet the world is oftentimes telling us and oftentimes all the time telling us that our appearances, right, Mm. is what defines us, right? And so like with our clothing, of course, we want to express ourselves with it. We want to feel good with it. But then we know that there's like this whole world of nuance behind our clothing and where we shop and, you know, how, how they're cut and all these things. So I think that for me, body respect is looking beyond that, but first you have to be comfortable with, with your clothing and who you are in your style and things like that, to be able to actually kind of like reflect the person that you are. I don't know. I feel like I'm babbling here. I went like in huge circles, but did that make sense? (laughs) It did. It did. Well, I think being comfortable and being able to feel authentic and expressing yourself, it goes hand in hand with, with other aspects. Like if you don't feel comfortable, that's sending little triggers to your brain. Like we're not safe. And if you're not safe, how can you begin to care and be kind to your body? So I was picking up what you're putting down, Zelina. It's okay to babble here. I just just like, let it it's all okay. out. And I don't know if I brought it full circle. I think you did. I think so. <laughs> Allison, for you, how do you define body respect for yourself? So I love the intuitive eating book and like reread the body respect section in prep for this podcast and dressing comfortably in a style that represents who you are on the inside Expressing that comfortably on the outside in clothes that fit your here and now body is one of the biggest ways that we can love ourselves. And I think a lot about Bell Hooks, who is this absolutely incredible Black lesbian feminist writer who wrote this book called All About Love that I like am obsessed with. And she defines love as extending yourself for one's own or another person's spiritual well-being. And she describes your spiritual well-being as your intersection of your mind, body, and soul, whatever that means to you, whether you're spiritual or not. And so I think that making purchases for yourself that are aligned with like who you are is a way of loving yourself. If we believe bell hooks, which I certainly do because she's amazing and brilliant and like the most amazing and has written like multiple, multiple books about like love and black experience and feminism and like, is just like the best. So 10 out of 10 recommend that book. But basically I think that buying yourself clothes that fit your current body is extending yourself, right? Like it costs money. 
And so if we are extending ourselves for the intersection of our, even if we just say mind and body, right? Like to make ourselves feel comfortable, to make ourselves feel confident, to fit our current here and now body, that purchasing yourself clothes that fit your current body is a deep act of self-love. I love the word act or, or the idea of action, because it's one thing to believe these things or think them in our minds, but if we don't follow through in some way, it's hard for us to really authenticate it and to believe that we are worthwhile. We are worth extending ourselves for. And so many people that we work with, like are like ask them for something they'll extend in one second for their friends, their family members, their coworkers. And then when it comes to themselves, they're always the last on the list. So clothing is one way to do that for me, body respect. I just try to think of it like showing up. Like if you can show up for yourself when you don't like yourself, when you're uncomfortable, when you're in a bad mood, that to me is the most respect you can, you can offer that you're still worthwhile when things aren't going well. And so, you know, that can mean like showing up for a meal when you're really busy and you don't think you have time for it. It can mean showing up to bedtime because you're tired and you're not going to keep burning yourself up. Like, yes, I think those are all acts of self-love. It's, it's extending yourself for your own well being. So like I was just mentioning that I just, finished a workout because I'm trying to engage in more joyful movement. And I'm trying to, as like a busy mom of twins, set aside more time in my calendar. That's like my time for me to engage in joyful movement. And so for me, that's a component of like my body respect is like engaging in like movement that feels joyful and like affirming to me. Yeah. So we've kind of touched on investing in clothing that's comfortable and expresses your style, feeding yourself, resting yourself. Is that a phrase? Just made that up. Moving yourself. And I would also say it, it lives in our minds too. Are we speaking kindly to ourselves? Are we giving ourselves the benefit of the doubt? Are we supporting ourselves through difficult times? So the intuitive eating book walks you through some different ways of making these things happen, but we'll offer that your way. Maybe you're going to define it for yourself differently or similarly, but showing up, extending toward yourself. That's what body respect is. It doesn't look one way. It's actually a way of being. How do we feel about that summary? No, I agree. And I feel like, you know, cause I always bring that like culture part into all of this. It's also honoring who you are, who, how you grew up. Like it, like all of this falls into like respecting who you are and who you've become. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I think that again, a lot of the times body respect could feel like so hard to attain because we have so many outside sources telling us how we need to look, how we need to dress, how we need to eat and actually doing what's right for us in our body, which is a respectful thing to do. seems really hard when we feel like we're going against what the world wants us to do. Very true. It takes a little bit of courage sometimes to, to be able to express yourself the way you want for sure. Now, Allison, we often hear like clients downplay the desire to find quote, cute clothes as superficial. So I sometimes get a little embarrassment from clients and like, you know what I really want? I want to be able to like enter a party and feel like a million bucks. I want to be able to go to the beach with a cute suit. And I think part of that has to do with like signal factor sometimes, uh, and it, it can create a sense of belonging when we have clothes that fits the part. And sometimes people really are trying to like be more authentic in their skin. So I don't know what your take on that is this idea that it's like, it's superficial to care about clothes and pursue clothes and invest in clothes. How do you think about that? Oh my gosh. I love this question. So I think that 
this is like a little bit woo, but I think that anything that we choose to spend our money on is a transfer of like energy. And so actually like in the same way that people like are like, I want to buy organic chicken or whatever, like, because that's aligned with their values, right? Purchasing clothing that is aligned with your values is like a super deep spiritual act. Like it is like so like important and like here's here's why I'm saying it's like a deep spiritual act to purchase yourself clothes that align with your values right so I personally with my clients like try to encourage if the client's open to it like engaging in like a little bit more of an eco-friendly approach right like potentially shopping secondhand it's a little bit easier on the budget it's better for the planet like if the client is open to that and that's like their values right but like we are all the time talking about like shopping your values when it comes to like potentially food or like where you donate your money, like, especially during COVID, right? Like, like to me, I was like, I need to be donating a greater percentage of my income. Like, and to me, that was a spiritual act. Right. So at the same time, if I'm like, I have this privilege to spend any number of dollars, let's say it's $40. I have the privilege to spend $40 on clothes. What am I going to do with that privilege? And so what like I'm going to do <laughs> is I'm going to try to buy something secondhand that is supporting a small business on Poshmark or something like that. That's like more eco-friendly and fits with my budget. But like purchasing things that are aligned with your values is also like, I think an act of like a spiritual actor, like w- kind of like woo ish. So I don't think it's superficial at all. Like we have to wear clothes. There's like some dumb Brunjoon Franklin quote. That's like, being naked is like socially unacceptable or something like that. So like you have to wear clothes. And so if you have to wear clothes every single day, like why not have it be this beautiful expression of who you are? Why not have it be this like daily celebration that you love yourself? Like there's so much potential in having clothes that fit your body, like for your current body, like because of COVID, like I would say almost all my clients have changed sizes like pretty drastically in one direction or the other during COVID because like stress impacts all our bodies differently. And for these clients to be like, I have all these clothes that don't fit and it makes me feel terrible. And for me to be able to like be there and bear witness to like their experience and be like, let's get you some things that make you feel amazing. I just see this total transformation in clients who work with me, like that they are just like happier. Their workday is easier they feel cute at these like really high stress, like social functions. And so I don't think that clothes are superficial at all. They're a consumer decision. And so it's like actually like pretty deep. Mm. I like how you mentioned like secondhand and thinking intentionally about where you're going to buy clothing. I think sometimes people get intimidated. Like it has to be couture. It has to be like funky and unique. And I mean, it can be as simple as getting yourself a pair of jeans that really fit well, or a new bra that's not digging into your sides. Like absolutely simple, simple, simple stuff is, is what we're, what it can be. And it also can be like crazy wild couture, you know, banana rama thing you want to wear. Yeah. And like Melissa and I do newly, well, I put Melissa onto newly, which is like, she doesn't let me forget. (laughs) Delina's like, I am the top dog influencer. Don't you dare forget it. They're not paying us for this. I know they don't. Newly, call us. But like, I love how you were saying, like, just like better for the environment, because I do feel like renting and like, not, I I don't purchase anymore. Like I am, and I am renting and they're, they're pieces that, you know, aren't something that I would usually buy because I'm not someone. And (laughs) when we did the episode, (laughs) 
with the capsules and stuff. I was like, capsules? Who does that? Oh, the I capsule wardrobe. Yeah, like, the yeah, capsule yeah. wardrobes. Yeah, because I like to wear things like once and then like never wear it again. So because like I like bold prints, but then I feel weird if I'm wearing it more than once. I get photo. I'm like, weird. oh my gosh. Okay, so, Delina, so I love like, renting. There's like different kinds of people. And so there's something, I read it in a style book, but there's like people who are simplicity lovers who love okay. like minimal options and uh-huh. like less stuff and like uh-huh. love a capsule wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who are called abundance lovers who like to collect things and have like a lot, like a, like a magpie. Like they love collections. They love variety. Yeah. They love like yeah. things. So I think both ways, like, even though there's been like a lot of trend towards like yeah. the capsule wardrobe, yeah. I think that there's like lots of different ways that you can go about it, right? Like I yeah. don't have a one size fits all approach. I'm not into that. So I think like that abundance lovers, like that want a lot of variety. Yeah. If you are like, I want a lot of variety and I don't want to wear this statement dress like multiple mm-hmm. times because people yeah. will remember it. Buying those items like secondhand or renting, like yes. it's like a great option. Yes. My top that I'm wearing right now, I got to rent the runway. There you go. See, that's what I like. I like to be able to just be like, boom, this looks cute. Let me try it. But I'm probably only going to wear it once. I have some clients that are like really into thrifting because they're really into like having the new piece like all the time, but they want to have like an eco-friendly approach to it. And generally like over time, I also try to like work with clients to be like, as opposed to like always like getting new stuff like over and over and over and over, and over again because this new report just came out about the environmental impact of renting and it's like kind of like a little bit like you can just check it out if you want to but it was like I was like oh because I I rent and I also help clients rent and I think it's a really good option for special events and stuff like that but what I was going to say was with this client I was like how can we get you this like feeling of having new stuff all the time that makes you feel great but like how can we maybe not like her closet is like overflowing. Like it's just like packed to the gills with stuff that she bought for $3. And with clients, I try to work with them to be like, how can we get that new clothes feeling by potentially maybe spending a little bit more on an item that will make you feel amazing all the time that you could rewear. Right. Cause like allegedly the most eco-friendly thing to do is like buy things that you will wear over 30 times. There's this hashtag 30 wears and so it's like, ask yourself before you buy something, is this something you would wear 30 times? That so feels like, low. Do we need to support I would ourselves? Struggle with, no, I would struggle with that. But you that's wear normal, jeans. And that's okay. Jeans and you, that might not be your framework. Jeans, That might yes. not be your framework. Jeans, yes. But like tops, dresses. Black, okay, guys. Like, mm, no. I'm going to, I might start tallying. Like now I'm, I got to do some. <laughs> how many? Wears? Okay, but jeans, wait. Yes. You, I'm so excited by something you just said, which is like, what is the feeling that we want to create? And I think yeah. whether you apply body respect to clothing, to your food, to your sleep, et cetera, we guys get the point. Body respect is more holistic, but whatever it is that you're gravitating for, that's such a powerful question, Allison. Like, what is the feeling I'm trying to create? And then what are the actions that align with that feeling? Everybody's different but what a great question you're asking. Yeah. So that's like when clients work with me, that's what we parse out in like our intake and our work together, right? Like, are you trying to feel sexy? Are you trying to feel conservative because you're going to a more somber event or a religious event? Like what feeling are you trying to convey? And then I use my expertise to translate that to an actual garment that's within the client's budget. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I think too, like maybe even asking that question 
to your current closet. <laughs> like if you have a certain feel, like what are the pieces that are currently doing that for you? And what are the pieces that are like not doing that for you? Intuitive eating offers a little bit of a framework around updating your closet. It doesn't go to the extent that you are with like thinking about the style and expression, but that is one of the things that clients are doing. They're going through their closets, keeping what works and letting go. It doesn't any longer. I did like a little bit of research and like thought of some stuff that I wanted to like mention that's like useful for clients to have in their closet. Is that okay if I talk about that for just I a mean, while? hit us. How can we improve our relationship? How can we we make it a little bit more uh, workable for ourselves? She came prepared. I did. I prepared. love both of you. I'm so professionally just like astounded and in awe of your work. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, of course I prepared. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. So it sounds like you have a lot of clients that are like starting from scratch, right? Like you're like, they're like nothing. Yeah, and often not always by choice. Right. And so either dieting has backfired and, or the intuitive eating journey has caused a change in their body. And I think there's sometimes some stickiness around that. Like, what do I do next? I want to feel differently. So this starting from scratch isn't always chosen. I think that's why that's hard to kind of go into it with like an open mind because we're still grieving some of the shift. So if we can imagine our clients there, what would be some of the tips that, that you would suggest to make it positive and make it feel empowering? So I also have changed sizes over my life because I quit smoking a few years ago And like my size changed pretty dramatically when I quit smoking, which was like a health decision. And I felt really good about it. But what felt like a kind of like punitive or like a punishment was like, oh no, now I have to spend all this money on like all these new clothes. Right. Cause literally none of my clothes fit, like my undies didn't fit. (laughs) So it was like, I have to go buy new everything. Um, And so it felt like punitive. And so what I did to like celebrate that initially was basically start small Start small with just like a few as high quality as you can invest within your budget, like classic, like easy pieces that fit with your lifestyle. So some things that I would start with if you're like starting from scratch is I would get what I call an APD, which is an all purpose dress, which an all purpose dress has like some sleeve and is knee length and is usually like machine washable or like fits an easy lifestyle and can be dressed up or dressed down. So it's like, you could wear it with sneakers. You could wear it with like your casual purse. You could wear it on the weekends. It's machine washable or like, because it has a little sleeve and is knee length, you could wear it to work or whatever. And one I really like is from um, universal standard, which is inclusive sizing and goes from double zero to 40. I think it's called the Geneva dress and it's super easy and like really great and definitely love that. Another thing that's easy if you're starting from scratch is I would just get like one to two like blouses of some kind, like not like a t-shirt, but like a little blouse that's made of woven fabric because you could dress it up. You could wear it to work. You could wear it with shorts. You could wear it if you're a mom, but it like just kind of like dresses up. I have a question. Um, Defining a blouse. I feel like that's a term that gets used. Does it mean buttons? Does it mean a certain type of fabric? How do you define a blouse? The way I define a blouse, but the difference between a blouse and a t-shirt is the fabric that it is made of and the details on it. So like, is this a blouse? Um, if it's made of a woven fabric, then yes, it's a blouse. Guys, I'm wearing a blouse. Okay. Okay. <laughs> continue. Continue the definition. So no, I always think okay. buttons. So t-shirts, occasionally people will make blouses out of knit, but like basically like if your t-shirt is like made of like stretchy knit, then it's like more of a tee and a little bit more casual. Whereas a blouse is made of fabric like that doesn't stretch. 
And so it's usually like a little bit more formal. So you can't, obviously on the podcast, you can't see this, but I'm just like holding up a blouse. That's, She's like, stretching her blouses in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> Not something um, you can hear. But I'm just thinking of like the average working woman who like needs some stuff to wear to work, needs some stuff for dates, needs some stuff to feel cute. I would get like, if you're like changing sizes, you're starting from scratch. I would just get like two blouses that are like in your current size that make you feel cute that are in like a pattern or a color that feels fun and joyful to you. I was just curious on tips for like, so like Delina's talking about patterns. She loves bold patterns. What is your take on that? Do we go like really distinct? Should people be thinking more like classic patterns? It's Does up it to depend? The it's like, it's going to be like, it's going to be up to that individual person to like determine that for themselves. Right. They have to do like a little bit of like self searching and like body respect work in the beginning to be like, what do I like? What feels joyful to me? Do I like natural fabrics? Do I like florals? Do I like polka dots? Do I like leopard? Right? Like I love leopard. And so like, I would do like a little bit of like searching for yourself before you start shopping to give yourself at least a couple of like adjectives or themes to go off of that like kind of like give you a guideline of like, is this my style? Is this not your style? People usually know this pretty organically. Like if you can like trust your gut, you can be like, that's not my thing. That's not my vibe. And so like, try to go with things that like are your vibe that make you feel cute or because I, again, think feeling cute is important. Important, important takeaway there I'm hearing is that like, don't gravitate what you think you should want or what's on trend or what so-and-so looks cute in. Like, I love this idea of going with your gut. So yes, we're looking for these very specific pieces, but then you get to color in how that comes to fruition go with what you like, forget whatever is popular at the moment. Totally. And I'm not, yes, exactly. And even with clients, I'm not, I personally am not a super trendy person, right? Like I'm a, I'm a mom of twins. I'm 35. I'm turning 36 in a week. And so like, I find that for me at my age in my life where I'm at right now, I'm not trying to like wear like what college students are wearing or what I see on Instagram is trending or like, neon shoes or like whatever is trending like that's fine but I don't think that's true style I think true style is found when you listen to yourself and you wear things that are aligned with that make you feel awesome about who you are that's what style is like anybody who's like whatever if you're getting like fashion tips from like people who are not actually experts about it like there's boatloads of bad fashion advice like on Pinterest and like there's just like there's literally like an unending supply of bad fashion advice. <laughs> like, have you seen? Please, I'm like, please, 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 please follow me on Instagram, best dress up styling and like get like some like real like advice about like following your heart in like what feels good for you as opposed to like pinning a list that's like, you need the 10 pieces for like a French girl, like or whatever. <laughs> you have to have the way of thinking about it. My favorite thing on Instagram right now is like, is it stylish or is she skinny? Because a lot of times things that look stylish, it's like, if someone in a bigger body wore that, we might not think it's good looking. Like we can't be keep using bodies as the accessory. That is not, that's not what style is. And so many influencers now are doing a lot of like, uh, like supersize that look type of photos where like they take a a trending or a viral image of a woman in a thin body and they like create it for their bodies. So it just makes me wonder about this idea of uh, trigger warning, flattering, because so many people in bigger bodies as they're growing up hear about what they can and cannot wear, how to flatter, hide, minimize. 
how do you help clients who might be feeling like, I would love to be more comfortable. I would love to express my style, but there's this little naggy voice that's telling me that that's not for me. How do you cope with that with your clients? I create space and honor what the client is saying to me, right? Like sometimes that's like listening, but I think I don't use the word flattering with clients at all. That's not in my language. I ask them if they feel comfortable and confident. It's specifically on my bio on my website that I do not force clients into like fake, like fake, make you look skinny tricks. Like wear black, wear belts, wear a heel, wear monochromatic. Like I don't do any of that in my styling work because I am like, try not to use profane language, but I feel really strongly about this. But I am like morally opposed to being like, in any way, shape or form, am I coming to a client and making them feel like their body is not good enough? My entire goal is to be like, your body is beautiful. You are like loved and accepted. Your current size is how you are supposed to be. Working with me is like also an act of self-love. Like this is like totally okay to feel like you're not sure about this, right? But what I do do is I listen to the client. If the client's like, I'm not sure about this. What I do is I encourage them to listen to their inner voice. And I say, are you not, like, is the garment not comfortable on you? Or like, is it like, you don't like that color? Or is it like, I also don't use the phrase problem areas and I don't use them with clients at all. I don't like that phrase and I don't, I'm not like, okay with it in general. So me and one of my girlfriends came up with the term bridesmaids which is like, you want like them to look really hot, but not hotter than the bride. (laughs) So instead of with clients saying like, oh, I know you don't like your stomach. I don't use that language at all because I'm not trying to mirror any language that the client is giving me that's like negative about their body. Instead, I just say, okay, so we'll call that a bridesmaids area. And like, that's like, we're going to up play like other areas, right? Whatever to you, the bride is like, we're going to make that part. I see. I see. Yeah. And I think that this kind of fits in the framework of neutrality too. Like many people feel intimidated again on Instagram, seeing lots of women in all size bodies, maybe wearing things that are more revealing or different than they might feel comfortable with. And they're like, Oh, if I'm doing a good job at body respect, I'm doing that. And Allison's offering a nice exit ramp here. Like If it doesn't feel comfortable for you, you don't have to force yourself into it. It might be worth inquiring why, and then reframing those parts that we don't like about ourselves. How do we maybe feel more neutral and then focus on the parts that we do with more passion and more joy and more vibrancy than than other places? I I am currently on a fitness crop top journey where I am exploring like wearing like kind of more sexy crop tops when I engage in fitness, because I'm trying to like find my edge with that and be like, am I comfortable doing this? Or am I not comfortable doing this? Does this feel like sexy and empowering and like liberating? Or does this feel like self-conscious and like not comfortable? And like on some days you might feel like, yes, I want to engage with something sexier. And on some days you might feel like today's not a crop top day. And that's the other thing too, with all my clients, like you might have like good body image days and bad body image days. And so you want to have like this like basic wardrobe in play that feels like comfortable on like all of those days. Absolutely. So having variety and anticipating that it's not going to be always rosy feeling with totally, your body image. Totally. So, totally. Um, I follow this other amazing stylist named Lauren Messiah who struggles with fibroids. And so when it's her time of the month, she's like super, super bloated. And so she was posting about like 
that you should have like backup pieces in your closet that maybe are like a size more generous so that you can accommodate that on days if your body changes literally daily, which totally brings me to another story that I would like love to talk about, but I want to make sure we're staying on track. Okay. Okay. I pre- so I think there's just so many good points and I just love your passion, by the way, I can tell how excited you are to be doing this and supporting people. I love that tip of normalizing that our bodies change. Sometimes that happens seasonally. You might notice that you're like trending toward a larger or smaller size over seasons. That could be month to month. It could be week to week. I have plenty of clients who keep two sizes of jeans for that very reason. I am someone who is on the cusp size of jeans. And I have that for several pairs of pants of my own because some weeks you, you know, have to. Yeah. And I think if it's not a stretchy material, right? Stretchy material tends to kind of ebb and flow, but if you have the privilege to do so and you would like that for yourself so you don't have to feel badly. Also getting oh things my God. tailored. Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I mean, I had twins and then like, you know, and so I like was experiencing like my postpartum body and I did an Instagram post about it that was like about like how it's normal for your body to change over your lifetime. And so I specifically posted about this like beautiful blouse that I got on eBay that I was like treating myself to in my new like mama size, because I was celebrating the fact that my body had been through growing two babies, having a C-section and like being a new mama. And like, that is like a beautiful time to be like, I'm going to celebrate myself and I'm going to buy myself something nice because I love myself. Like, Mm -hmm. and so I did a whole Instagram post, like specifically about like postpartum clothing. Yeah. There's so many changes that we go through in life. And this is just a masterclass and being okay with change and learning to cope with change and getting resilient. One thing that I want to make sure we discuss before we close today is sort of the relationship that folks in larger bodies can experience with clothing where there is exclusion. Not all stores carry your size. There may have been uh, weight stigmatizing experiences that you had Many clients hold on to this weight loss fantasy of, you know, once I lose weight, everything's going to be wonderful and I'm going to like myself better. So I think there are some particular nuances to this. I want now for us to just kind of talk about ways to navigate that because while we all work in a grassroots way and through policy ways to like change that systemic anti-fat bias that exists, this is something that clients in larger bodies are facing. And it's something that they have to face differently than women in smaller bodies do. So caveat, all of us are in what I would call straight size bodies having this conversation. And so in sharing this, you know, we're kind of talking about what our, we've seen at work for our clients, but for your clients, Allison, for yours, Lena, and for mine, what do you see helpful, helpful to people in larger bodies who are trying to find body respect, navigate cool. the stigma? And just, just a quick, I do identify as having a straight size body, Um, but my body is on the cusp of plus. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I buy plus as well, but beyond clothing, other ways to cope with weight stigma and letting go of the weight loss fantasy. I just think it's so beautiful. Once you can be like, I like my body right now for how it is. It is so beautiful and liberating to be like, I have clothes that fit me. I feel good about myself. Some other ways that I cope with letting go of like weight loss fantasy, um, which I love your new hashtag that X dieter hashtag because that's me too. I would say another thing that's helped me is actually, I started engaging in more movement, but I needed that to be like safe. 
And so in order to do that, I sought out a personal trainer. So I see this amazing person who's transmasculine and their name is M Bowen and they're at Endure Movement and they do remote sessions. And so actually like the same way that people seek out like a stylist or a nutritionist, like I sought out like a personal trainer to like navigate being like, I want to build more muscle. I want to feel stronger. It's valuable to me to have like a coach or a guide in this. So like, you know what I mean? Like there's so many options of people who are coaches or guides in this like body image journey. And for some people that might also be like therapists or like, just like a body image coach. Like I've worked with Jess Baker in the past. And so I also like specifically have like changed my Instagram feed, which I know you talk a lot about, but like, I like decolonize my Instagram feed. Like I made sure that like all the people that I'm following are people that are people that are my size or plus like that. I'm not just like seeing this feed of like endless, like super slender people. So I definitely have like community. I have, I feel like I have lots of role models. I feel like just like participating in this conversation is like such a privilege. And I'm so grateful to be here because this is a component of like the advocacy, right? This is the component of like getting the message out that like your body deserves to feel loved and like buying yourself clothing is a component of that. So like, I think there's, I mean, I think I engage with like a lot of different ways to cope with weight stigma and like let go of weight loss. I love that for a lot of my clients, once they get to a place where they can practice that body respect advocacy does become something to help them make meaning of their experience and support shifting of our culture. And I think that's why this pod is called break the diet cycle. Like we want all of you to whatever degree you're ready to step into self-love and to body respect, because that means you're one less person who's in the world buying into diet culture. That's one less person who's just passively taking anti-fat bias on and just going about their day that matters. And so for the parts of the world that aren't changed yet, I hate that. (laughs) I don't like it. And this is sort of the call to, to, to let yourself be loved and respected in spite of it so that we can see a better future. So I love that idea of advocacy being part of the coping. Delina, what do you see your clients doing to support navigating weight stigma as you're trying to find body respect? I mean, I don't think I have anything else to add, you know, besides everything you all said, but it's definitely really hard for my clients in a cultural perspective with, with our culture being so, so, so focused on how we look and, you know, fitting this mold. And just when you deviate from that, just the comments. And so I I often talk about just having boundaries with yourself. Like sometimes we're just not ready to tackle the world. Sometimes we're not ready to fight everyone in our life. And sometimes it's creating that peace with ourselves and having those boundaries with ourselves and keeping our mental health safe so that we can continue this journey. And when we're ready, we can go out and fight the weight stigma and everything else and advocating for yourself in different ways that are necessarily just like, I'm going to burn down the patriarchy, you know, cause like it's overwhelming. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And it is very overwhelming. And because folks in larger bodies are, in an oppressed group, it's not always safe to advocate and dismantle. And so that's where, you know, finding allies who can support you and people stepping up who are not in larger bodies, like this might not affect you directly, but it does add value and so important to other people. When you hear diet talk and you say like, that's not cool. Let's change the conversation. Or someone says, oh my God, someone says body changed. 
shut it down. Make it clear yes. that that's not, that's not yes. what you want to converse about anymore. We are so much more than our bodies. We are interesting people. And sometimes guys sit in the goddamn silence. We don't have to be talking all the time. If you have nothing fabulous to say or kind to add or productive to add, it's okay. It's okay to be still. That's just my two cents on that. So Delina, I love that take that, you know, we're all, it's okay not to fight the fight always. And when you can, if you've got the privilege and the bandwidth, freaking go for it. You have, you have that permission to do so. I love it. Um, I guess I just want to add one thing. We've talked about community support, role models, advocating, permission to not fight the fight all the time and take care of numero uno, as Delina tells me all the time, you got to take care of number one. One other thing I would just offer you is like, it's okay to feel mad. <laughs> it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel anything that comes up in this process. We started this call saying, you know, maybe this is going to stir up some stuff in you that feels like grief. And if that's what you're feeling right now about the change in your body, you don't have to be rah-rah, kumba about it all the time. If you need space to grieve, that is some of the work that Delina and I do in our groups is to say like, hey, like, you know, it doesn't have to be okay all the time. It's okay to not be okay. And at the same time, you can create a positive future. And that's why I'm so excited by what you do, Allison, because I think you link that grief. Like you can, it sounds like you can kind of connect with that grief and honor it and say, that's okay. And help create a little path for people to move forward. So thank you for your perspectives today. It's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It was just like such a pleasure and just really excited that we got to talk today because I just respect both of you so much. Likewise, likewise. You got me thinking about new things. Now remind us, we can find your work at bestdressed.styling on Instagram. And my website is just bestdressedstyling.com. Excellent. Everyone go check out Allison. If you're looking for new ways to think about body respect as it relates to style, Uh, We want to thank all of you for being here for this interview. And Allison, thanks again for your time. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Bye, everybody. We talked about all the clothing things today, Delina. Well, you know how I feel about clothing. It's like a a weird relationship for me. (laughs) Mm. You know, Allison had sent over a little like report about sustainability and rental services and like what that's doing the environment. Definitely yeah. during our conversation, we were like actively like, Ooh, yeah. hadn't really yeah, thought about like, what I mean. Cause like I assumed it would be better for the environment because I'm not purchasing all the time, but also like, I don't want to feel guilty for renting and not you know, buying all the time. Like, I feel like we definitely need to talk about guilt and shame and how it falls into different categories and how like we right. are very much about the, like, you should never feel guilty for doing what you have to do. Right. Yeah. Like, so I think like, it's, I, I understand where she's coming from, but if it's going to help someone to rent and feel good, like it helps me feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, ultimately, and I think this is the work we both do with clients is to like, take a step back and say, what are your values? And if your values place you someplace where you're saying, look, rentals are not for me, I'm going to do thrifting as yeah. I update my closet, 100% pursue that. But maybe some of your values have to do with like having enough time and bandwidth and thrifting is going to not necessarily work because you got to go to a lot of stores and sometimes things don't work out. I think yeah. people can honor and think about sustainability in a broader way. And if it's not how you're going to, if you're not going to do that through clothing, that's okay. Maybe yeah. you want to express that another way. 
it's like the food waste stuff where people are like, oh, I don't want to buy convenience foods, even though it would help me eat enough, because what about the environment? It's really tough to try to like do it all. That's why the good place. The good place. We're talking about the good place all the time. Like, that's it. Like, dance yeah. if you do, dance if you don't. Yeah, for sure. And so yeah. for you. So we want to encourage everybody to check out that report. I'm going to put it in the show notes. I definitely want the information out there. And if you yourself are like, huh, I hadn't thought about it that way. It's food for thought. Ultimately, we just want you to feel good in your body with the choices you make. And that's the autonomy we always approach. Clothing you wear. Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah. So appreciated this convo. Appreciate you, my dear. I think that's a wrap on this episode. Hey, hey, I like to hear that because mama's tired. <laughs> all of the things. We are juggling all the things. <laughs> oh my God. Our language. <laughs> Did you just tell me in like real time you're done talking with me at the moment? Oh, gosh. What? I need a nap. <laughs> all right, let's get Delina to her nap. Thank you guys for being here and for listening to this episode. We've loved doing the intuitive eating series would love it if you are finding this helpful tell a friend leave us a review share the mission and the movement behind break the diet cycle yes thank you for being here peace love and break the diet cycle